Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where we make getting sleep help easy. We've all been there. You've put your baby to sleep for their nap, and you're like, yes, finally time to maybe hash out some work or clean up the house or maybe just take a break for an hour and a half. But then, like clockwork, 29 minutes later, they're awake. In today's podcast and YouTube, I am going to give you the four checks in depth that we are going to use to solve your baby's short naps. They can be so frustrating, but get ready to kiss them goodbye and welcome longer naps. Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to the Little Z Sleep YouTube and podcast. Y'all, this is our place to make sleep a thing. Now, in case you didn't know, we also have a full suite of online courses for newborn all the way up till preschool age. These courses are designed to be step-by-step sleep plans to help your family finally get the rest that you all deserve and need. At any time, these programs are ready for you to step into. Head to littlezsleep.com shop, and you'll actually be matched to the exact program that your family needs to finally make sleep a thing. Now, today is all about short naps. Deep breath in, deep breath out. We've all been there. You put your baby down for a nap, and inevitably, you're thinking like, great, I'm going to go tackle a task or do whatever you want to do for an hour and a half. But then, on the dot, 29 minutes, and sometimes I've had clients say like, 32 minutes and 45 seconds later, the baby wakes up. So before we kind of dive into the four checks, I want to explain why this is happening. Nights and naps are different. Even the sleep cycle links are different. So at nighttime, usually we're running at about 90 minutes of sleep cycles, and these repeat all night long. During the day, your baby's sleep cycles are more like 30 minutes. And so this is why sometimes right on that 30-minute mark, they're waking up. It's because one sleep cycle has ended. So why are they waking up? Well, there are four reasons that could be cueing these short naps, and that is what we're going to go into right now. Okay, the first thing I want to check on is your baby's environment within their room. There are a lot of different things we can look into here, but the primary factor is light and noise. Okay, so light. I am a huge proponent of total darkness when it's time for sleep. This is how I like to sleep, and I prefer to sleep is in total darkness, but for babies and toddlers, They don't know how to read a clock. And so while you and I are like, okay, it's been 30 minutes, go back to sleep, they don't know that. They are awake, and so what else is there to do except for wake, call out for you, it's time to move on for the day. So light is very tricky. Here's what we wanna look at. Sunlight, even though our eyes are closed, sunlight can still register through closed eyelids and tell our brain, time to wake up. So if you are looking in your child's room, you've got your blinds closed, the lights are off, and you let your eyes adjust to the room, if it's not completely darked out and you can like see your hands in front of your face, you can see all the objects in the room, it's too bright. There are a lot of different ways that we can cut down on this using like blackout easy covers or indo windows or sleep out curtains or even the slumber pod. Check all the links um, below for my favorite blackout solutions. But that's like the first, first, first thing. If anyone ever tells me that they have short naps, I will always ask, is the room super dark? And if it's not, then we can easily take steps to change that. I want to also tell you one of my bonus tips. Sometimes light is leaking underneath the door, especially if you live in an old home, there could be a pretty big gap in the bottom of the door frame. And if there's light coming out, obviously out in the house, but your child's room is all blacked out, except for the door, 
A really great way to fix this is to put a fitted sheet around the door. Or you could look on Amazon for one of those door uh, buffer things that goes on the bottom to help with the efficiency with heating and air and things like that. But whatever we can do, don't forget the door, okay? So maybe the window is fine and everything in the room is good, but then the dang door has light coming in under the bottom. So make sure you check out the light there as well. So once we know that the sunlight is fixed, what about light inside the room? There are a couple of sneaky places that this can pop up. One would be a humidifier. So sometimes the humidifiers have blue lights. Most of the time, you can just turn those on night mode, or you can put electrical tape, or we did a post-it note for a long time, just like over that. Whatever we can do to kind of block those blue lights. Blue light is like the worst light on the light spectrum when it comes to sleep. It will cause wakings, whereas red light is totally fine. So if your humidifier or maybe there's another electronic that has a red light in the room, it's totally okay. Several years ago, I was working with a family whose baby was having chronic short naps, and the biggest solutions were darking out the windows, but also the child had a nightlight from the newborn days. And I get it. As newborns, when you're coming in and out of the room throughout the night, sometimes you have a nightlight or a lamp that you can easily turn on, but this nightlight had stayed, and the baby was now eight months old, and so to turn off all of the interior lights as well as blocking exterior lights immediately helped solve these short naps. So check out the external and internal lights in your child's room. Let's talk about the noise, okay? So within the environment, are we using white noise? White noise, my favorite, because it is going to buffer and block all the noise that is outside of the child's room and just protect that sleeping environment. So if you live in an apartment or a condo and there are shared walls, and maybe one of your neighbors always leaves for work about 30 minutes into your baby's nap and they slam the door and it rattles the wall, okay, having white noise in there will help to resolve and kind of block that out. Additionally, if there's a lot of children in your home or maybe you have just a busy hallway right outside your child's door, this is another opportunity to put a separate white noise machine outside their door. One of my favorite stories of noise waking up a baby. Now, this was early morning, but it can still apply to short naps. I had a client in West Texas who had a big diesel truck, and dad would crank up the diesel truck right outside the baby's room every day. And so to help solve that, we were like, okay, move your truck to the other side of the house. All of this to say things like outside noises, trucks, even um, traffic noises, but also thinking about the noises that could be within your child's room Let's just take a look at all of that. So within the room, we're only looking for white noise. I am a big proponent of just white noise, no music or anything that basically could run on a track and then end. It's actually possible that if your child has a white noise machine or a sound machine that runs a, a playlist of songs and then it ends, that could cause some wakings. So we're looking for a continuous loop of noise throughout your child's entire rest. My favorite white noise machine is the dome machine, so you can check that out in the links below. We've loved these, we have them for years. They're just incredible machines that are motors. And this is why I like them. It's because it's just a motor, it's not electronic noise, which kind of grates on my nerves. You know what I mean? Like electronic noises, they're just annoying. So that's why I like the dome, because it's a real motor, it's like a real noise. Okay, the second check I want to make is are we using the right schedule here? There are many times throughout the years where I've gotten on the phone with a family or our team is chatting with someone and they're like, yeah, my kid is having short naps. And we get our hands on the schedule and we look at the child's age and we look at the schedule and we're like, oh, that's because you're using the wrong schedule. Sometimes we find a seven-month-old is on a four-month nap schedule. And hey, I get it. Time flies, especially if you have 
busy jobs and your life is busy and you have lots of other kids, it can be difficult, even as a first-time mom, to stay on top of schedules. Now, this is why we've put together the complete schedule guide. You literally will have every schedule you will ever need beautifully laid out and designed and ready to print off and put all over your house so that every month, yeah, sometimes it's every month, in that zero to 12-month range, this guide goes all the way through three years old. But the first year where you're experiencing a lot of short naps, it could be because we're not using the right schedule. Now, I know that you might look at a schedule and say, Becca, there's no way that my seven-month-old can be awake for two and a half hours in the morning. Because at seven months old, we're looking for two and a half hours down for nap one, three hours down for nap two, three and a half to sometimes four hours down for bed. And you may be like, oh my gosh, two and a half hours in the morning? No, 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 no. At two hours, my baby's rubbing their eyes. They're clearly ready for nap. But is this happening? Are you putting them down at that two-hour mark and then 30 minutes later, they wake up ready to go? It's because we have to be awake long enough to sleep long enough. And even if you're feeling like, oh, look, they're rubbing their eyes, it's time for nap. I don't go by sleepy cues. We have to go by a schedule and how much we know a baby can be awake for. So are we using the right schedule? That is something to stay on top of as your baby grows. The third check I want to evaluate is feeding times. Now I am the first to raise my hand here and say, hey, I am a sleep coach, not a feeding specialist. So we definitely want you to get in touch with a lactation consultant or consult a feeding specialist. Check out some links below. I have some specialists that I know and trust and would love to connect you with. However, they're definitely, again, just like schedules, they're definitely like time flies. And you may have been evaluating the eat, play, sleep schedule as a newborn, but now you have a nine-month-old, eat, play, sleep is not a thing anymore. That schedule that I gave a few moments ago, a three-hour gap between nap one and nap two, that's the same for a nine-month-old. Well, what happens is in that three-hour gap right there, you're probably doing two feedings and two like nursing sessions and a bottle feeding, and then also a solid feeding. There's a lot of food in that little time span, but it can feel like it's not the right one because in your mind, you're thinking, I can't possibly offer a feed and then go to sleep. However, eat, play, sleep is out the window now. Eat, play, sleep if you don't know what I'm talking about, I teach this in my newborn course and in our newborn playlist. You can listen to that. However, a nine-month-old is not on eat, play, sleep anymore. So you definitely have to evaluate, am I using the right feeding schedules here? My children, as much as I tried, I could never get them to stretch their bottles except for three hours. On the dot, for every three hours, they were ready for their next bottle. So for our family, this meant that they sometimes had a bottle as soon as they woke up from nap one and before they went down for nap two, and there was a lunch feeding in between there. It is perfectly normal for you to feel like you're just feeding, constantly feeding your baby. That's basically what we're doing, is feeding, sleeping, pooping, playing, right? So that is something that we need to check in on. If all of a sudden your baby is having short naps, when's the last time we looked at our feeding schedule, looked at our sleeping schedule, and made sure that these aligned well? As you're doing that, don't get stressed out about like, oh no, there's a sleep before the feed or a feed before the sleep throw those rules out the window. The number one thing that I'm concerned about here at Little Z's is that we are feeding for nourishment, not for sleep. This means, and this teaches in all of my online courses, in my baby sleep course, I talk so much about the fact that your baby's eyes have to be open while they are feeding. This teaches them to feed for nourishment, for their brain and their stomach to connect and know that I'm eating and I need to fill up my belly not feeding for sleep. Feeding for sleep 
can actually cause short naps. So that's a little bonus tip for you. Okay, the fourth thing I wanna look into is understanding your baby's sleep totals. This is something that, it might sound a little like out there for some of you, maybe it's not gonna connect. However, there are sometimes situations where the baby is having short naps because they're having too much nighttime sleep. That sounds like a great problem, doesn't it? However, if your baby is sleeping over 12 hours at night, it's likely stealing the totals from the daytime. So a baby zero to 12 months, and even I count babies all the way up to 16 months, so same age range here, zero to 16 months, we're looking for 11 to 12 hours of sleep at night. Remember, newborns up to five months old probably will have a nighttime feed or two. But after we're sleeping through the night solidly, like all of this age range is still 11 to 12 hours. If your baby is getting 12 to 13 to 14 hours of sleep at night, you may be like, this is amazing. However, it could likely be causing short naps. And if that's the case, we need to do a little math rearranging here and cut off their nighttime sleep at 12 hours so that we can reallocate some of those hours for the daytime. Those were my four checks. To get started on solving short naps, we need to first look at the environment. Then we're gonna make sure that we are on the right schedule. We're gonna look at our feeding times and making sure that baby is actually full and not waking up from a short nap because they're hungry. And finally, making sure our even spread of sleep is right and we're on the right track. If this episode and video was exactly what you needed, I am so glad that you are here. Make sure you have subscribed on YouTube or you've added us on our podcast app so you'll never miss a single episode or video. And as always, it doesn't just stop here. We have an entire suite of online courses as well as guides for you to get your hands on and continue to make sleep a thing. It is our belief here at Little Z's that you deserve to be happy, healthy, and well-rested. Sweet dreams. See you next time. Thanks so much for being here today on the Little Z Sleep Podcast. If you're looking for resources to help your family make sleep a thing and finally get the rest that you and your child both deserve, head to littlezsleep.com to find your child's sleep program and also all of our free resources from our YouTube, blog, and podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Sweet dreams. See you next time.